0: Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover.
1: My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen.
0: And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So, Gina. Yes, Sonia. I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back,
1: everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina. And with me always is the beautiful
0: Sonia. I wish that there was a way that I could have like my feet dancing. Just your Um, feet. Yeah.
1: When you take a picture of your cocktail, you should have your feet next to the cocktail.
0: Um, I really think you're psychic because I've started taking social media notes now. Uh And my note for this one is take a picture of the drink with shoes. (gasps) Sonia, we are like sharing a brain. No, I think you're actually just psychic (laughs) because, okay, fans of this podcast, we've talked about a lot of weird coincidences where like Gina will pick a movie and then like something happens um in a couple of instances like an actor has died or someone with the same name has died and this morning um kevin's kevin spacey nope wrong kevin kevin (laughs) oh man victor (laughs) victor kevin bacon posted something on his tiktok with kira sedgwick who is his wife where he was like like kind of reenacting, but kind of like making fun of the footloose dance or like of footloose. So I don't know why, if this date has anything significant to do with footloose, but why it's because he knew Gina and I were recording today. I think I sent that signal out. You definitely did. And by the way, they were so cute. They are so cute. Oh my
1: gosh. I love them. I do too. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about footloose. But before we do, Sonia, let's get into our traditional friendship. All right. My friend share um, is that summer is in full swing for me. Swing. Like. It's amazing. I didn't really sink in. Our last school day and graduation was on Wednesday of last week. And then Thursday, the faculty had to come in in the morning. um, And then we went home and that was it. But I still didn't really feel like it was summer yet. Um, But little by little, I've really been feeling it. And today I felt it. Cause I got up super early in the morning and I went to the track for a run. I did a couple four hundreds and then I started, I'm um, working at this running camp for our younger kids. And today was the first day and it was so much fun. Oh,
0: and then fun. I met,
1: I met my friend Miliana for lunch and I had a flight and, and now I'm here with you and I have another drink in hand and uh, we're going to be talking about, um, one of my favorite movies. So I am in, I am in summer heaven right now. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's my friend share. I love it.
1: I'm Happy keeping summer. them nice and short. If you'll notice the last couple of episodes
0: <laughs> to make more room for my rambling. Thank right. you. I appreciate that.
1: Right. Oh, and by the way, John Mulaney, thanks for listening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, okay. John. We really thanks, appreciate John. your support. <laughs> Um, Okay. Well, my friend share is that um, as you, I believe, know one of our listeners is my darling cousin and like one of my best friends in the world. And she is in town this week. Um, She lives in LA, um, but she's in town this week. And uh, Sean and I are having dinner with her and her husband tomorrow. And I'm very excited for that. And it's the first time that I'll be seeing her since February when I was out in LA for her baby shower. So I'll also get to meet this baby. and I'm very excited. Oh, are you going to get to hold the baby too? I hope so. Oh, I love holding someone else's baby. I'm not a huge... (laughs) I will admit I'm not a huge baby holder because I'm like the most awkward person in all aspects of life, but particularly when it comes to holding children. But I just feel like this baby I'm going to like need to hug. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I, I do disagree with your statement. You are not awkward in all things that life and you are not (laughs) awkward holding a baby because I have a picture of you holding Brian when he was a newborn and you look like totally normal holding. Yeah. But
0: I think that I had to sit down and you had to like place him into my arms. So that's fine. And I needed you to like, tell me where to put my arms. That's fine. Okay. Maybe we should reenact that photo, and Brian can hold me. I think. I think that. Well, now that could absolutely happen. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: And he'll pick you up. He'll do it standing. He'll just pick you up.
0: (laughs) That would actually be no placing.
1: And we'll do a side by side. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love this idea. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited for your dinner dinner tomorrow with your cousin, and I'm excited for you to hold a baby, and I'm excited to talk about Footloose. But let's talk about what we're drinking.
0: All right, we are drinking um, a drink called Footloose with Chartreuse. Sure <laughs> I knew I was going to start laughing when I said that. Um, so this drink, which I still have not tried yet, I'm mm-hmm. going to try it after we cheers. Is made with gin, lime juice, simple syrup, and yellow chartreuse. And you are supposed to garnish it with a maraschino cherry, which I did not have. So I used a raspberry. Oh, clever. Um, But I did not know what chartreuse was. So I looked it up, and apparently there's yellow chartreuse, which is what we have. And then there's also green chartreuse. Um, Yellow is sweeter than green. And so The primary flavors of yellow chartreuse are honey, saffron, and anise spice. And green has more prominent flavors, which are lime, citrus spice, and fresh cut herbs. So I feel like that kind of tastes like probably what St. Germain tastes like, if I had to guess. Um, Maybe St. Germain is a green chartreuse. The light bulb has just gone on. What? But I, as always sent Sean to buy my ingredient last minute. And he, when he went, they only had green chartreuse. Um, So he's like, I, should I just get that? And I looked up the flavors and I was like, I think it's really going to change what the drink tastes like. So then he went to a farther location to get the yellow chartreuse.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. What a good husband. Yeah. Well. I mentioned to you, well, let's drink first before I tell you about the disaster. That is my drink. Cheers. Cheers.
0: So I just want to say before we sip this, that my drink is like, (laughs) mine looks like yellow Gatorade Mm -hmm. and Gina's is pink. Yes. So Mm -hmm. mine's good.
1: I also did not know what chartreuse was. So I looked it up and I looked up to see if they had it at the liquor store that I normally go to. And they did. And I also saw that it was $50 a bottle, which is a little out of my price range. So especially because I didn't know if I would ever use it again. So I looked up substitutes for chartreuse <laughs> Uh oh. and I found one website that listed two different substitutes. Neither of them were available at the liquor store. And then I found another website that listed 10 substitutes. And again, so I went through this list of 10 different options and there were some, there were some wacky ones like absinthe was one. Um, and the ones that I would consider even purchasing, I looked them up again to see if they were available at the liquor store and how much they were. And the one that seemed to be closest to my price range that I could feasibly see using again for another drink, or maybe someone else would like to have some of it was Sambuca, Okay. Right. That was listed as a substitute, but Sambuca has a little bit more of a licorice flavoring to it, but I bought it anyway. And, um, so this has like a hint of the licorice flavoring. I really, I really would like to know what it tastes like with the chartreuse, but I'm, I'm kind of a cheapskate. Um, I also have to reorganize my, uh, I, I guess now it's my liquor cabinet because I've, (laughs) I've added so many things since we started this podcast. Um, maybe someday I'll, I'll actually buy a bottle of chartreuse and, uh, and I will try the real deal. Um, so I kind of wish that, that I had the chartreuse in it. And I'm sure if there's a mixologist listening to this right now, they're probably rolling their eyes and bashing their head against a wall.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing that I'm stuck on is I also saw, so the green chartreuse was $50, but the yellow one was significantly cheaper.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. How much
0: was it? Do you remember? I think like 26 Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's
1: insane.
0: Yeah. But oh, I that also, makes me mad. Well, I feel like part of the reason that I chose to go with the correct chartreuse Mm -hmm. and send Sean Mm -hmm. on his journey to get it was because I do think that the flavors are ones that I like, and I can see myself making other drinks with this. So you probably will be required at some point to get it.
1: Okay. Well, now that I know that the yellow chartreuse is not $50 and yeah. I could get behind that, especially if it's half the cost. So, and I, and, and I saw it when I saw it, too, I was like, oh, this looks like a flavor that I would really like, but again, it just seemed like a lot of money. Yeah. So, cause I'm, cause I'm cheap. I'm cheap with that kind of stuff. As we know, I always look for the prettiest, least <laughs> expensive bottle and that's what I buy. Cause I know nothing. <laughs>
0: that's what this is for. We're going to experiment and learn. Um, I really wonder what your drink tastes like.
1: I, you know what? I I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I'm going to eat these cherries at some point. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, now that we've gotten this drink conversation under our belt, Sonia, are you ready to talk about footloose? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Footloose was released in 1984. It was directed by Herbert Ross, written by Dean Pitchford, starring Kevin Bacon as Wren, Lori Singer as Ariel, John Lithgow as Reverend Shaw Moore, Diane Weist as Vi Moore, Chris Penn as Willard, and Sarah Jessica Parker as Rusty. Now, Sonia, in the tradition of Nope Never Saw It, I have listed uh, uh, some film titles that are connected to the names that I have just read off. I'm going to read these film titles to you. And if you've seen the movie, you'll say, duh, Gina, of course I've seen it. And if you haven't, what do you say? Nope. Never saw it. All right, here we go. So Herbert Ross, who directed footloose also directed these two films, the secret of my success.
0: Nope. Never saw it. All right. And steel Magnolia's um steel magnolias is julia roberts in that yes she is does she have a condition yes she does okay i think i've seen that
1: okay cool fun fact i was in a stage production of steel magnolias what i was i was uh, Annelle, i was daryl hannah's character the kooky one that like goes through stages in the film
0: i mean (laughs) You're speaking to me as though I remember the film, Um, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it and don't remember anything except for Julia Roberts and her condition.
1: That's okay. I believe you. I believe you. All right. Um, Dean Pitchford, uh, who wrote the screenplay for Footloose, also wrote the screenplay for a movie that was released in 1989, and it's called Sing. Sing. Nope. Never saw it. You know what? I've never seen it either, but on Netflix, they had a preview for it and it looks amazing. Like in like a 1980s, not great movie, amazing kind of way. He also, he did not write the screenplay for this film, but he wrote the lyrics because he is um, he is credited uh, more as a composer than a screenplay writer. So he did write the lyrics for three songs that are featured in the movie fame.
0: Nope. Never saw it.
1: Okay. Uh, let's get on to our actors. Kevin Bacon, who plays the lead role. Rent, was also in these two. Now there were a lot of Kevin Bacon movies for me to choose from. So I want these two this okay. time, because I'm pretty sure that we will see Kevin Bacon again on this yep. podcast. Um, he was in these two films, Flatliners. Nope. Never saw it. That's a good movie. I would give that a rewatch. And he was in Mystic River.
0: I have seen that in the theater with oh
1: in the theater
0: <laughs> wow you're dead. <laughs> you forgot that part
1: <laughs> that's like a varsity move for you sonia my goodness right okay lori singer was in the man with one red shoe
0: <laughs> <laughs> i said the most ridiculous movie title ever i know do you know what it's about I don't know what happened to his other shoe. Well,
1: I don't even remember, but it stars Tom Hanks and he has, he's wearing one red shoe. And for some reason, I think it's Russians. They see him and he's playing the violin and they think he's a spy. And they think that I think like, because he's only wearing one red shoe, they think it means something.
0: Oh, Nope. Never saw it.
1: Okay. John Lithgow was in these two films. Again, I had to, you know, it's hard to narrow down John Lithgow films and he's in so many things. Um, but he was in these two films, The World According to Garp.
0: Nope, never saw it.
1: Okay. Have you read the book?
0: Nope, never read it.
1: Really? Oh, okay. You read so many things. I think you would like the book. It's really interesting.
0: I feel like it's one of those ones that's like been on my list for like 15 years.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. You should get on, on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Interstellar. I have seen that. Really? hmm Okay. Here's my question for you. How many... How many viewings of it did you break it up into?
0: Just one. So this is another film that um, I did not watch it with Donnie, but he like really, really recommended it. So I was like, I'll watch it. And I did. And it was really long.
1: Yes. It's like three and a half hours long.
0: Yeah, it was really long.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't believe you made it through that whole movie in one viewing.
0: He's like, truly was like, it's so incredible. And I was like, I don't know if I trust you because of Rocky, (laughs) um, but I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Oh
1: my gosh. All right. Moving on. Diane Weiss was in these two films, Parenthood.
0: Nope. Never saw it, but that TV show is great.
1: Okay. Um, And The Birdcage.
0: I have seen that.
1: Okay. Um, Chris Penn. Was in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar.
0: This is one that I've seen parts of because my sister rented it and okay. watched it in the basement, which was my room, except she kicked me out. I've told it. I think I've told this story. That okay. I think to you've told us this, this story. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> Sheila.
0: And Sarah Jessica
1: Parker was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Nope. Never saw it. Okay. And The
0: Family Stone. Yes, I've seen that. Okay, multiple times.
1: Me too. I really like that movie. That's
0: like one of those movies that's on TBS a lot. Yeah, you're like, all right, I can watch like 20 minutes of this,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, in our efforts to prove that the television show Friends is the center of all things, the center of the universe, Sonia, I have one Friends connection. I just found the one, and then I stopped there. I didn't even bother looking for any more.
0: Okay, I have four. Oh my God. Because I did a little thing where everyone always talks about the degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. Okay. I did the degrees of separation with Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: Interesting. This Mm -hmm. is fun. All right. I'm going to throw my friend's connection out there. And then I want to hear your four. My friend's connection is a Kevin Bacon friend's connection. He was in the movie picture, picture perfect with Jennifer Aniston. Again, all roads lead to Jennifer Aniston.
0: What is this about? It's true. Yeah, it's true. And that's it. So as most people are aware, Sarah, Jessica, Sarah, Jessica Parker played Carrie Bradshaw on sex in the city um for many many years and then there were movies and then there was a new sex in the city which I did not watch but it sounded terrible it's terrible. Sorry. no yeah. I'll be sorry it's really bad <laughs> like sounds horrible um okay so Sarah Jessica Parker is obviously in this film and she starred on sex in the city with Kristen Davis who played a character that dated Joey for one episode Yes, she was the one. yep, she had two beers for lunch, and mm-hmm. Joey really liked her. And then she was like, "Ah, I don't really want a relationship." Yes. Also, in an episode of Friends was Willie Garson, who played Sarah Jessica Parker's um good friend, whose name I cannot recall, but he was a gay man. Yes. Um, and he, was in the episode where Ross moves into ugly naked guy's apartment. Oh yeah. And they want like they want him to contribute to the handyman who's retiring. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Want to. <laughs> so that's Willie Garson. Um then there is an episode where oh gosh what I'm gonna just refer to something super fast here. Um Evan Handler who mm-hmm. plays Charlotte's husband on Sex in the City mm-hmm. was in an episode um, where he plays a director that I think is fil- is directing something that Joey's working on in an episode where Rachel goes back to work after having a baby. Yes. And then my last one, and there might be more, but these were the four that I thought of um, mm-hmm. Eddie Cahill, who played Tag. Mm -hmm. was in an episode where he very briefly dated Sarah Jessica Parker. He played a character named Sean, who I think was like way too young for her, or maybe he was bisexual in the episode and then she got freaked out. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, And that's my Sarah Jessica Parker degrees of separation.
1: I absolutely loved that. That, that delighted me so much. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe all roads lead back to Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: It seems like it. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Moving on. Sonia, in our last episode, when I told you we were going to be watching Footloose, I asked you what you thought the movie was about. Are you ready to hear me read back to you your original plot summary, word for word?
0: This is my favorite part, I think, of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad you
1: like it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is Sonia's original plot summary for Footloose. Kevin Bacon likes to dance, but for some reason, I think that wherever he lives, dancing is frowned upon. Like maybe the teenagers get too rowdy when there's dancing involved. So I think, I think the town tries to shut it down, but Kevin Bacon is like, no one tells me what to do. And so maybe he starts an underground dance club. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right because isn't there a line in the Footloose song where they say something about kicking off your Sunday shoes, which would imply that there's a church community that aren't fans of the dancing? So, oh wait, no, 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 never mind. There's no welding. That's a different dance movie. <laughs> By the way, you didn't mention welding once in your plot summary, so I don't
0: know where that came from. Were you thinking I- about welding? My brain was like, wait, oh, wait, but then there's a welder and I didn't think, I didn't mention that person, but then it was because I was like, oh, no, 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 that's a different movie. That's why there was no welding.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got you. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for my real summary? I was born ready. Except my fake summary, not fake, but my guess summary was pretty accurate. It was pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So this- is also accurate. <laughs> okay, here we go. A little sass. <laughs> this is also accurate. <laughs> like, come on. All right. Oh my God. Okay. New kid in town, Ren McCormick, gets the shock of his life when he finds out that the small town he's just moved to has a ban on rock and roll and dancing, of all things. When Ren makes fast friends with the local preacher's daughter and her friends, it's clear that he's not the only one who thinks this ban is worth fighting against. So now it's up to a bunch of teens to make a change, and when words don't have the power to change the city council's stance, Ren and his classmates unleash their most effective methods of persuasion, some sweet jams and their killer dance moves. Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) All right, all right. I like that a lot. I like sweet jams and killer dance moves. I do too. It makes me want to get up and dance. I'm not gonna though. I was like, should we have a dance break? (laughs) No, but anyone listening, if you would like a dance break, feel free to pause at any time Mm -hmm. and, and kick off your Sunday shoes and just move like
0: nobody's watching and then come back or your Monday shoes since our episodes tend to come out on Mondays. Oh
1: my gosh. That's so true. I love it. Yeah. And then take a picture of your dancing feet or take a video, post it on Instagram and tag us. That would be great. Do it. Yeah. I love it. Maybe we should do that too. (laughs) God, that's a lot of work. (laughs) All right. We always talk about our first impressions again, similar to Rocky. I honestly don't remember the very first time I watched this film. I definitely watched it at home on VHS or maybe it was on cable. I don't know. Um, But I, it's a film that I've watched so many times that I don't remember when the first time was that I watched it, but I remember absolutely loving it and watching it again recently I still I still love the movie I mean some of it's a little like ridiculous but I still love it and I still get so pumped up at the end it just brings me joy um and and that's uh, that's that's my impression of the film obviously we'll get into more specific details as we talk more about it but Sonia I'm bracing myself
0: what was your first impression um, so the first thing I wrote in my notes was I would watch a whole movie that was just different shoes dancing. This has been going on for so long. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the like the opening scene, you're just like they start playing footloose and I was like, Oh, it's happening already. <laughs> um actually maybe they're not playing footloose, it right? It is in the footloose. Loose. Oh, it yes. is okay. right in the beginning. Okay. Because yep. they play it three times, which I was sort of surprised by. Yes um but anyway so that opening scene I was like okay cool we're going for it this is this is awesome and I feel like in general the film was like it was like those like bursts of energy Mm -hmm. like these certain scenes would happen like um the ones I can think of the opening scene the scene where they're racing the tractors at each other the scene where they go to like the dance club I don't know if it's a club or a bar yeah um the when like Willard is trying to learn to dance so I feel like there's like all these scenes that are bursts of energy and I really really liked those scenes Mm -hmm. um and it's like you know it's just like you're like I know this song and this is the 80s energy you want and then I feel like but I feel like sometimes those scenes then contrasted with like the actual plot of what was happening like kind of slowed it down so I enjoyed the film for like the I could almost like even though this was my first time seeing it, I can almost like feel the nostalgia of it. Yeah. But then the actual story, I was kind of like, all right. I mean, it's clever and interesting to think about if this were to really happen, which apparently it kind of did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I didn't love it, but I didn't, I wasn't like feeling tortured.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs>
0: Well, I scale of like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's somewhere like towards the, like, maybe like a notch above the middle.
0: Yeah. I I liked it.
1: I didn't love it, but I didn't feel tortured by it.
0: Yeah. I wasn't like, I wasn't, I did watch it in two parts just because we had something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wasn't like counting down the minutes. Yeah. And it's only an hour and 46 minutes, which is like in my range. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, apparently your range is three and a half hours. I just
1: learned. So this is good to know. Yeah. I like that. You talk about how there, the film has these bursts of energy and then it's met with these very slow moments. And I, as you were saying that I was thinking to myself, well, I think, I feel like that's kind of the point, like, especially like you mentioned the, the opening credits, they're playing the footloose song. If I think they play, if not the entire song, most of the song, maybe a radio cut of the song. Um, and then it immediately cuts to these quiet long shots of Beaumont. Right. Um, so we're, so we have that contrast right from the beginning. And I think what's really interesting about that is that, you have these bursts of energy and you see these moments where the characters can really let go, but then, then they get back into Beaumont and where they feel very constrained. So I think it, in a way, it makes the audience feel that constraint, right? Because Mm -hmm. especially like the scene of them going to the bar and, and dancing and having fun. And they play these amazing songs. We get the footloose song for the second time And then after that, they're driving back in the car and it's really quiet. And then we get, you know, again, like this, this lull And, and not to say that, you know, it's because the plot is boring, but because now they're back in Beaumont where they can't do these things. So even watching the film, you know, you're, I feel like I'm yearning for more of that freedom for them because I feel, I feel constrained as a, as an audience member, so I, I think that that's really effective, right? That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Um, and you had mentioned how, you know, this is something that did actually happen. So um, the events from the film are actually inspired by a dancing band in a very heavily Southern Baptist town of Elmore city, Oklahoma. And that band lasted until 1980. Um, and I did some research and then I found, I found a website that made a list that gave a list of other weird dance laws in the United States. Ready? Would you like to hear them? Of course. Here we go. All right. In the state of Washington, it is illegal to engage in marathon dance competitions.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. These are all current laws on the books.
1: This website came out in, uh, 2017. Okay. So as of 2017, these were current laws. Okay. And I don't know how strictly these laws are followed, but they, but they right. are laws, um, in the state of Washington, it is illegal e- to engage in marathon dance competitions. Have you ever done a marathon dance competition?
0: No, but I was in a play. Nope. I, well, I was accidentally in a play in high school called marathon. Uh-huh. Um, which is about a dance marathon. I was accidentally in it because I was a stage manager. And then like okay. at the last minute, one of the actors was like, I have a broken ankle. I can't be in the play. Oh. And then as a stage manager, I knew all the lines. Yeah. So then I had to be in the play oh. and also be the stage manager. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, Tony. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I can do this. Okay. Um,
1: moreover, in Linden, Washington, dancing and drinking drinking alcohol are not permitted in the same establishment. An old law in Bellingham, Washington prohibits women from taking more than three steps backwards while dancing. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Remind me not to go there. Do you know how
1: many times I've done that? What do they do for the electric (laughs) slide? Um, Okay. In Fargo, North Dakota, it is illegal to dance with a hat on or even wear a hat to a function where dancing is taking place. Violation of the ban on hats while dancing is actually a criminal offense and could result in jail time. Uh-oh, right? In Washington, DC, women cannot be employed to dance with men in a dance hall. Moreover, nobody is permitted to dance for longer than 12 hours in any given 24 hour period. I think this goes back to that marathon dancing thing. Right. Law. In Purdy, Missouri, dancing of any sort is strictly prohibited, though there are reports that this law is no longer enforced. I would hope so, right. In Monroe, Utah, quote unquote "daylight must be visible between dance partners on a dance floor. Oh, sure. Leave room for the holy ghost. Mm-hmm. It is unclear how this law applies indoors or during night dances. Heyo, hey. night dances. Night da- Is that what they're calling it now? Working night. All my night
0: moves. Hey.
1: <laughs> um in South Carolina, dance halls are not permitted to operate at all on Sundays. Oh. Uh in Delaware, like <laughs> when Harry met Sally, she's like, "Oh, they don't make them for Sunday because of God." Yep. Can't dance on Sunday because we've got okay. Mm -hmm. In Delaware, alcohol cannot be served on the premises of a nightclub. If dancing is occurring at the same time,
0: that law, I have to guarantee is being broken on the reg, right? In Indiana, anyone with a puppet show,
1: wire dancing or tumbling act must pay a $3 fine. If they are paid for their performances to prevent certain immoral practices. Well, there goes my second business. I know, right? In Helena, Montana, a woman cannot dance on a table in a saloon or bar unless she is wearing at least three pounds, two ounces of clothing. (laughs) (laughs) There is no specification as to the types of clothing required or what must be covered. So presumably a heavy belt buckle could satisfy this law. Oh, hey girl. I am fascinated by these laws. This is amazing. So that's a little trivia on dance laws in the United States.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a different person. I know. And it's so interesting because, you know, this film, when it,
1: even when it came out, even as young as I was and all the times that I rewatched it, I never thought that that was actually a thing. Like, Why would, this is the United States. Why would you ban,
0: can't ban dancing, but apparently yes, you can. Well, Gina, to quote Reverend Shaw more, mm-hmm. I just know that when kids dance together, it gets them sexually irresponsible mm-hmm. or something. That's not a direct quote. It may be a paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the line that he says to his wife when they're in bed? Yeah.
1: And then she just laughs at him. She's like, you think that's the only thing that's going to yeah, get she's them all like, worked up? Yeah.
0: Like, remember when we would get excited <laughs> just by looking at each other, right? <laughs> We were just talking about the three instances of the use of the song Footloose. And one of the other notes that I made to myself was, I'm surprised the Footloose scene happened so early in the movie. It should be during the prom. Oh, here it is again. (laughs) (laughs) Edit. (laughs) Here it is.
1: I read that when they filmed that Kenny Loggins hadn't actually written the song yet. So when they filmed the prom, they were dancing to a Chuck Berry song.
0: Oh, and then they
1: added Footloose in later in the uh, post-production.
0: I also read that Kenny Loggins is one of the feet in the opening. He's the gold shoes, I think.
1: Yes. Yes. He's good. the shiny shoes. Good
0: when good. I was younger and
1: I would watch the movie, I always like had a favorite pair of feet in the beginning.
0: Do you remember what it was?
1: Well, I was watching it this time and I, and every time I was like, oh, that's my favorite. And I was like, no, oh, maybe that was my favorite. And then I was like, I think I just love all of them. Yeah. But I think one of my favorites was the girl it could have been a guy, the, the feet, I'll say the feet that were in high heels and they had like heart socks on. Oh,
0: I remember those. Yeah. But I also love the one that has the sneakers and the leg warmers. I wonder the, my favorite was the converse, but I don't remember the leg warmers. Yeah. There's someone wearing like eighties converse. I was like, those shoes are cute.
1: Yeah. And the one that creeped me out the most is the one with the girl or the one in the heels tapping their feet and then they like turn their feet inward and they're basically like rotating them in a way that doesn't feel natural or look
0: natural. Oh, I, I must have missed that one or blocked it out. <laughs> hmm. Um, what grade are they supposed to be in? I, th- I've always thought they were seniors,
1: especially yeah. because Ariel at one point tells Ren that she's applied to colleges that her father doesn't even know she's applied to. Okay. So I think she's on, and, and we get the sense, right? That she's on the brink of leaving. Um, and her character is really complex in a lot of ways. I, I was really drawn to the father-daughter relationship in this viewing. I don't know if, I don't know if like you had picked up on that at all. Um, I used to, I mean, this was really the first time where it really stood out to me in so many ways. I I felt like this is again, another one of those instances where in rewatching the film, I'm questioning what the real focus of the film is Mm -hmm. because for, you know, every other time I've watched it, I've felt that Ren is the center of the film But this time I kind of felt like the Reverend was, which was, which was not what I had expected to take away this time around. But I I think maybe it's, it's because of Ariel and the relationship. There's that scene. Well, first there's the, um, the scene towards the beginning where they're at some kind of diner, but then she refers to it as a drive-in, although I didn't see. movie screen anywhere but anyway
0: I feel like it was like um it's like it's like um it's like a sonic
1: okay yeah like a drive
0: up like a drive-in like food place
1: right yeah so
0: there's no movie
1: right so and she remember she's playing that music really loud and everybody's really dancing side note one of my favorite parts is that you've got the one girl talking on the phone and apparently someone's just lying on their back with their feet up next to her, which I thought was hilarious. And I'm also convinced that that's David Hasselhoff playing, um, a video game while he's dancing. I don't think it is, but it looks just like him. Anyway, sorry, back to my point. And then when, when her father comes, turns off the music And he doesn't yell at her in front of everybody, but there's this understanding that she just caught, she just got caught doing something she should not have been doing. And all he says is like, your mother didn't think you had any money and -hmm. gives it to her and then just walks away. And she looks so defeated. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to say anything for her to feel really badly about I don't know if she feels bad about what she was doing or she feels bad that he saw her. I think she feels bad that she got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we follow that with this scene where the two of them are working. He's working maybe on a sermon and she's doing homework and she's trying so hard to have a conversation with him. And he's so distracted by what he's doing. And you can tell like, you know, she's trying to apologize for how she behaves. Like, "I, I don't know what came over me. Um, even though like following up in a, in a in a scene that happens soon after she's acting insane again i shouldn't say insane but she's you know
0: acting
1: oh, out <clears throat> acting out yeah um and he's just not listening to her and she's like making this effort and she starts to make an effort to um debate with him why um you know why is this music that you're listening to okay and and the music that i listen to isn't okay and then she just stops Um, And you can tell like she feels like she, she can see that there's a disconnect. I don't know there. I, you get the sense that there used to be a relationship there and she's trying so hard to get it back somehow and it's not working. So her response to that is to act out, you know, it's almost like any attention is good attention.
0: I forget in the film. Do they say how long the ban has been in place?
1: I think five years because they mentioned that the accident that her brother was in. Oh,
0: that's right. Happened
1: five years prior. And then they're like, and that's, that's when they passed all those laws about yep. banning dancing and drinking and
0: yeah. And you're stuff. So you're totally right then like about like there used to be a d- very different type of relationship there. Um, because you know, it being within the past five years and I'm sure their relationship changed when her brother died. Um, so I think that's a, a very good point. Um, I felt like the film was about her. Yeah. Like very much so. Um, the other thing I wanted to say just about like the music that is, that is banned, and it's, you know, it's all rock and roll and like classical is okay. But I loved that Chuck Chuck's truck in the back of it there was a Mm -hmm. Pink Floyd sticker and a Grateful Dead sticker and I was like Uh of course of course (laughs) it's like these two bands that I love that are you know like are like the rebel like asshole guy and Mm -hmm. right yeah these (laughs) stickers in his truck I was like all right fine (laughs) whatever
1: well tell me more about how you saw Ariel as as being the center of the film
0: I mean, I just think that everything was about her life. Like Ren is there, like Ren is the new guy in town, but then like he starts to make the connections that he is making and like he has his um, determination to change the town, I think be- all because of her. Like mm-hmm. he meets this group of kids who seem to want to like also have the freedom to listen to whatever music they want and god forbid they dance to it but they also want to do that and i feel like he sees in ariel this like very independent person who is so much under the thumb of her dad because of course she's the preacher's daughter and also she has this like boyfriend who treats her badly and then i mean ultimately like punches her in the face which come on chuck can you not yeah you not to that um so i feel like a lot of ren's motivation for changing that the way that the town is 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 truly about how he feels because clearly he just needs to dance yeah yeah <laughs> but i think it really is also because like he's trying to connect to her and then you see like you see ren's home life but i think you see so much more of ariel's home life
1: yeah. um
0: so I just felt like she's actually the central character, even though Ren is the one who is the big, like the bigger name actor mm-hmm. probably has more screen time. And like his, his story arc is the one that pushes the, the film through the beginning to the end. And like, yeah, him coming to town is what is the catalyst for all of that. But I really feel like it was just really all centered around her.
1: I, I can definitely see that. And, and if I may, I would, I would guess that the exchange, like if you had a baton, you know, from the stories about me, but now it's about you. I, I could see the passing of that baton happening. Um, in that scene after Ren has, um, his, his dance moment, because he's angry, (laughs) which by the way, is awesome and also where can anybody go have you ever seen the movie um oh my gosh oh this is gonna kill me uh andy sandberg um hot rod have you ever seen hot rod nope never saw it okay if you ever do see it you will understand because he parodies that scene he gets really frustrated and he goes i need to go to my special place and then he basically like reenacts that whole kevin bacon dance. have you
0: ever been so mad you just have to dance me personally. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think I've ever used dancing to release my anger. Have you,
0: I have been so happy that I have danced.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I do think it's pretty cool that that's his, that's what he does to release his dance.
0: I was bummed though, to see that. Um, so at weddings apparently Kevin Bacon has (laughs) often sounds like you know this as well has often paid the DJ to not play footloose Mm -hmm. because he is afraid that he's going to be expected to dance as though he was dancing in the movie footloose because in many scenes including the anger dance scene it's pretty obvious that it's not actually Kevin Bacon
1: (laughs) I know right (laughs) <laughs> Although he did but he but there are scenes I was watching very closely for that. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean there are moments where it is definitely him but yeah for yes. sure the more like he apparently I think he had did he have four stunt doubles or five I think he had five I think oh there God. were two two gymnastic stunt doubles um, two dance stunt doubles, or maybe there, were, or maybe there were four of them. And i i read the, I read an interview where he said he was he was kind of he was upset because he didn't like being made to feel like he wasn't able, he wasn't capable of doing these things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he said like when they were filming that sequence, there were five of them, and they were all just dressed the same. And he said it made him feel terrible. Aww um and interesting I, I was watching i think it was an interview with howard stern and he talked about the uh pay, like tipping djs to not play footloose and and one of the things he said he's like i don't want i don't want someone's wedding to suddenly be about me dancing to oh, footloose you know that's um, admirable which i can respect um but then he also had said that when the movie was coming out i think people magazine um, was doing a story and they wanted him on the cover. And, and when they, when he agreed to do it, he had said, but please don't make me dance because he didn't want to be remembered just for this movie. Cause it was due. It did so well. Um, but he didn't want that to be like the movie that he was always associated with now and forever. Yeah. So he said, I'll do it, but please do not make me dance for this cover. Cause he didn't want to be that that guy. Um, And when he got there, the photographer was like, okay, so I'm going to play some music and I want you to dance. And he said, no, I'm not doing that. And the photographer was like, okay, okay. He's like, that's fine. I have a trampoline. Just jump on the trampoline, do some, like, you know, some fun moves. And he said, he's like, I'm not doing that at all. So what ended up on the cover was a picture of him just sitting down kind of like with, you know, like one leg, you know, like with his arms around his legs and he's smiling. And then what they did was they got his dance doubles to, to do the trampoline and so oh, and then like in the article man. and I think the article was kind of like a jab at him that he couldn't do the dancing they had to get doubles to do it for him because he was so resistant to like playing that game that's
0: kind of messed up
1: <laughs> I know. so oh but back to my back to my point so this passing of the baton so Ariel finds him She shows him that little um, caboose that has all the writing and her poetry. And then a train comes and then she stands in front of the train and she's playing chicken with the train. Um, She plays chicken. There's a lot of chicken in this film. There's the tractors. There's where she's standing on the two cars Mm -hmm. and a truck is coming at her. By the way, why didn't the truck just stop? Fine. And then with the train and Ren runs at her, pushes her out of the way of the train. And there's this moment Which I thought was really beautiful, actually. They're not speaking to each other. The train is going by and he's looking at her. And I thought this was a really great moment for Kevin Bacon as an actor, because it was one of those moments where I could see every single thought that was going through his character's head. Mm. Like, is she okay? What is going on with her? Why is she acting like this? Can I help her? Can she be helped? am I falling for her? Is that a good idea? Like there were just so many things going on and the way she was looking at him, you know, almost like, it was almost like a, please help me. Thank you for saving me. Please keep saving me. And I felt like in that moment, the, the focus really shifts because so much of the beginning is about Ren McCormick in this new small town, um, trying to get along with people, not fitting in, And then now, and then the focus definitely, I agree. I think the focus does shift on to Ariel. So maybe it might be not so much, like I said before, maybe it's not so much that the Reverend is the center of the film, but that relationship, but if it's about her, that relationship is a big part of her conflict.
0: Yeah. I feel badly because I just found myself irritated by Ariel pretty much the entire film. Okay. Which I i mean i think if i i think if i watched it again knowing like her backstory i feel like i would almost it's you know that's the thing about films (laughs) you watch them multiple times and you remember things that have happened before and you pick up on different things my problem is i usually watch things one time so i'm just like very surface level but i was just like the scene where um in the very beginning when you like kind of first meet her and she's like between the two cars and mm-hmm. they're like get in the get back in the car get in the car cuz like the truck is coming and she doesn't do anything that made me so mad because yeah. if i was her friend or i was even if i was chuck which mm-hmm. maybe more likely i would be given the stickers in his car except <laughs> i would never hit a partner um i would be so angry had a friend who did that. Cause I'd be like, yeah. what are like, what are you doing? Like yeah. we are all yelling at you to get back in this car. And like, I can, like, it's a different story. If like She's, like, trying to... Like, because I can understand being, like, caught between two cars. It's probably very difficult to, like, move into one or the other. Yeah. But she's just, like, ignoring them and laughing. And then, like, when Chuck finally pulls her in the car, she's just, like, laughing and, like, kissing him. And I'm, like, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I I feel like after that scene, I just, like, her character to me was so... I was just irritated with her, which is not fair, she lost her brother. She has a very difficult relationship with her father, and I'm sure these things are contributing to how she's behaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if I, I feel like if I watched the film again, I'd maybe be more sympathetic. But like I just made that like rash judgment of her, which. Is-
1: but but I think I think the story sort of forces us to do that, right? Mm-hmm. The only reason why I didn't feel that way is because I've seen this film at least twenty times, so I yeah. I know the story, but knowing, you know, not knowing it. Yeah. You, you see what she's doing and you agree. You want to be as angry as her friends are with her, especially, like you said, she thinks it's funny. And when they call her out on it at the Sonic, we'll call it, (laughs) you know, she, she's unfazed by it. But I think, you know, as you, as again, as we peel away those layers and we learn, she has this broken relationship with her father. Um, I think Willard's comment is really insightful about how she just wants people to forget that she's a preacher's kid. You know, she doesn't Mm -hmm. want that to be her identity. And of course she's a teenager, you know, you're, she's still trying to figure out what her identity is, but then add on top of that, we find out that she lost her brother. Um, You know, so she's, even though that's been five years, probably, you know, maybe she's grieving the loss of her brother and also the loss of her relationship with her father I mean, I, I do think even watching it this time, especially after the train dodging thing, I, I really, I was, I even said out loud, I said, she has a death wish.
0: Yeah. That's what I said too. (laughs) You know, she's, she's, she's playing
1: with fate. Um, and, uh, it's, and, you know, I wonder how far, you know, you have to wonder like if Ren didn't come into her life, how far would she take it? Yeah. You know, I mean, even though, you know, by she's, I don't want to say she's promiscuous because I don't think, you know, there's the comment that she's kissed a lot of guys, but we don't know that the only other person we've seen her with is Chuck. We know they're we know that they've had sex. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: We don't know if that's the only guy she's had sex with. It's the only person we ever see her with, yeah. um, you know, so she's, she's doing all the things that she technically should not be doing, or at least yeah. that if her father found out you know, she'd be, um, shamed, you know,
0: mm-hmm. um, I wonder though, like, is she feeling like presumably after the movie ends, there's either going to be a lift on the dance ban, or it'll be okay to like, you know, it's a law in the books, but <laughs> if your belt, if your belt weighs less than two pounds, you can still dance on the table. Um, <laughs> So like, presumably that's what the movie is implying, I think. And I wonder though, if that is actually all she needs or if she's still going to be like kind of self-destructive just because she needs to deal with the actual death of her brother. I would imagine,
1: here's here's what I'm thinking. Because she and everyone in her class at the prom was given this chance to express themselves in dance, I think that there's some healing happening Mm -hmm. there, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for all of them in different ways. And that, that was something that I, I really loved. I actually got emotional at the end of the film, partly part of, part of that came from the scene with, with uh, Shaw and Vi and they're holding each other. And then she said, and she says, Shaw, we're almost dancing. And it's the sweetest moment.
0: Oh, that was really sweet. It was like, so we sweet. haven't, we haven't danced like this since whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I thought that was so beautiful because they're, you know, you're talking about they're one of the reasons why they ban it is because dancing leads to fornication, but fornication is, is fornication. It's a, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> fornicating is natural. I mean, it's, it's a natural thing. You know, we, <laughs> the human race would not exist without it. Um, but it's also, it can be very beautiful and intimate and, and personal and, and being able to dance with someone that you love. That's a very intimate thing. Yeah. And, and it's nice that they, and I love that moment between the two of them because it's, you know, it's like, this is your wife you've had, who you've raised two children with. Um, why would you, and that, you know, you, I imagine that she's been starved of that intimacy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but then the other thing that I loved was when they do finally start dancing. Um, I, I, what did I, I wrote something in my notes. I, I wrote in my notes. I don't even know if this makes sense, but I said the dance scene at the prom feels somewhat, almost like an allegory for this, although I don't know if allegory is the right word, because I think it was this moment where all of these teens could be fully themselves. You know, it was, it was a chance for them to express themselves in a way that they haven't been able to before, because we talked earlier about how, you know, everyone is so constrained by these laws, but the fact that they get to be themselves because you have so many different types of dancing. Like there's when they have people coming into the center and doing their thing, like everyone's doing something completely different, but it's so much who they are and they finally get to show that in a really interesting way. Um, that's, that's special and specific to them. And I, I love that.
0: Yeah, that is really nice. Um, I just was looking at my, uh, notes from I also did the research on Elmore City, which is the place that this film is based on. Um, and one of, I feel like they pulled this quote kind of and used it in the movie, but one of the people that was like most um, adamant about continuing the ban in Elmore City was Reverend F.R. Johnson of mm-hmm. the United Pentecostal Church um, in a nearby town. He wasn't even from that town. And he said, no good has ever come from a dance if you have a dance somebody will crash it and they'll be looking for two things women and booze when boys and girls hold each other they get sexually aroused you can believe what you want but one thing leads to another (laughs) which like okay so (laughs) so what (laughs) so where are you going but then you have
1: to eliminate everything that gets someone sexually aroused
0: well, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I, you're to your point, like it was them like coming alive and expressing themselves and then probably connecting with each other in a way that they hadn't connected with each other before, but like, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I, crazy. Yeah. I was
1: reading this, this website that talked about, it was, I think it was something about like things that parents notice about footloose that kids wouldn't and I think it was it was like those these things that come up it was almost like a you lost me at kind Uh of thing (laughs) Uh and one of the things I hope this I'm not stepping on any toes with the categories because it's not this isn't one of this isn't my you lost me at but when I was watching it the especially when we got to the the prom scene I um I initially asked If they've never been, if they haven't been allowed to dance for five years, how come some of them are such good dancers? Mm -hmm. But then here was my theory. Okay. Because there are other things that they weren't allowed to do. They weren't allowed to listen to rock music. They weren't allowed to smoke. They weren't allowed to drink, but we see plenty of scenes of them doing all of those things. So how do we know that they also weren't dancing when no one was watching, you know, and if And if it was so easy for Ren, Ariel, Rusty, and Willard to sneak off to another town and go to a bar where they could dance, how do we know that? Who's to say that other kids weren't doing that? Maybe not going to that bar, but other bars that have other different kinds of dancing or they like meet people other places and they learn how to break dance. And I I mean, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. That's my theory.
0: (laughs) That's a that's a valid theory. I mean, just because you're not allowed to do something doesn't mean you're not doing it. Exactly. And like you can, like, you can dance yourself. Um, and again, bringing up Chuck and his truck, he has these stickers, so somehow he's listening to this music. Yeah. Even if he's not allowed to, right? Um. So you mentioned the categories. Mm Hmm. I think it's time. Okay. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts before, before categories? No, let's dive in. Okay. So we're moving into categories in our last episode, we scored two points. So we have 59 points. Oh boy. If we score just even a single point during these categories, I get to choose the next movie.
1: I really hope you do because I love when you choose the movie.
0: I think, I think one point we could do.
1: I feel like it's possible. Yeah. But we've been in this position before. Mm -hmm. And what did we go three episodes without getting any points?
0: Yeah. But I think that there are some like pretty, um, gimme answers here.
1: I, one would think, I hope so. I am, I am sending out all my good vibes because I really want you to pick the movie. Yeah. Um, I will say before we start that, I had a hard time with some of the categories, not because I couldn't think of an answer, but because I had so many answers Mm -hmm. that I couldn't narrow it down to one. Like the first one for favorite character.
0: Yep. And you're Uh, going first. So hit, get it girl.
1: All right. Well, I, it was a toss up between three characters. Okay. So I'm going to give you my, my runners up. Okay. One of my runners up was Vi Mm -hmm. who I absolutely love. Um, because, I mean, I love, I love Diane Weist anyway. Um, and I thought her performance was absolutely lovely. But what I loved about her character was that um, she seemed to be the only one that could call Shaw out on his bullshit. Yeah. And she did it in such an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was always very poignant to, and you could tell that everything she said, he considered Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like in in that respect, I think she was a, a major force in getting him to shift. Um, so that, that was one of my runners up, um, another runners, another runner up was Willard. I just, I just loved his character so much because he's, uh, I I just love the friendship that he had with Ren. I like that he's, you know, that even though they have like a weird, almost confrontation initially, He's like, oh, right, we'll be friends, you know, and uh, just takes him under his wing. And then that like brings Ren into this other mix of friends. And he's just a really loyal friend, always sticks by him. Um, I love the the montage where he learns to dance is one of my favorite movie montages of all movie montages. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. I even show, I show it in my film class when I give them montage project, I was <laughs> like, watch this montage, this montage As is amazing. As you should.
0: Yes. I mean- As much as like the Rocky training montages are, you know, film glory. Yeah. Willard dancing so much better. And I think it's so
1: relatable because there's so many people out there that cannot dance. And I, and it's like, no, you could do it. You just follow these steps. You just Uh, need a Ren McCormick in your life. I suppose. I guess. (laughs) So my favorite character is Rusty played by Sarah Jessica Parker. I just, I loved her character in this viewing. I loved all the characters. Honestly, I'm telling you, Sonia, I had a really hard time. I, I just love, I think it's partly because I love Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but I, her role felt more prominent to me in this viewing. Like I said, like i usually focus on Kevin Bacon and Laurie Singer more than any of the other characters, but I really like the gaps that she fills. I like how she becomes this, um, what would we, we call it this like string that, that attaches Ren to Ariel. I like that. She's part, you know, part of that orchestration to, to get them together. I like that. She, um, is very blunt with Ariel about the, you know, Chuck and like, it's okay. It's okay to not want to be with him. It's okay to like Ren, it's okay to do this. And, and I like, Um, I love the scene when they're at the bar and she's just like, she can't help herself. She just has to get on that dance floor. You know, she's like, I just can't help myself. Willard. You know, she just has, she's just this this old dude. Bye. Yeah. She's just this little spark plug. And, you know, you talked about how you loved those moments of high energy in the film. And I feel like she was one of the catalysts for that high energy.
0: She's definitely like the most relatable character. Yeah. And like. like how she is trying to have Ariel not like act out in these ways, but then she's also like trying to have her own teenage life. Like, yeah, I I totally get it. Now, Mm -hmm. how many points do we get if (laughs) The two runners up that you mentioned are the two runners up that I ha- have stop and it. Then the actual person you have is also the person that I have. Wait, stop it. I swear to God. Did we
1: have the same like exact runners up yeah. and- oh
0: in God. the same like <laughs> and it started like I first wrote my I will say my third my third was Vi slash Ethel, which Ethel is um, friends mom. Because okay. I like that, like, even though she loses her job, she's like, you should still do what you think is right. And like, I support you if you want to, like, go to the city council and speak out against this ban. Yeah. Um, but then I deleted that because I was like, you know what? I actually like Willard better because mm-hmm. he is so cute. Um, but then I was like, but really every time rusty, like, first of all, I love that her name is rusty. I know. <laughs> like, why isn't my name rusty or something cool like that? I could call you rusty from now on. if I you mean, want. why not? Right. Yeah. Let's try it on for size. Rusty. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, also rusty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come, well, you, you pick your name. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's one point, but technically three. All we need is one. So we all we need is one.
1: We nailed it. Oh, cheers. I'm even going to drink from my, I don't even know what I want to call this anymore.
0: (laughs) Mine's mostly empty, but I still have my raspberry. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So we agree Rusty is the best. Mm -hmm. Worst character. I chose Chuck. Why would you punch her? Yeah. Just because she wants to break up with you. It doesn't mean you can punch her. I will say though, my runner up was Ariel. Okay. <laughs> for all the things I said, or like, I just, I don't know. I was not into her. Did you also choose Chuck?
1: I also chose Chuck. Two points. Two points or four. How are we going to do this? I feel like we should get a bonus point for having the same runners up.
0: I feel like it's like a one amplified.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what that means, but yes,
0: me neither. I'm just going to make it in my note. It doesn't mean anything. It just is for us to celebrate. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Yes. I chose him as well for all the reasons that you said it, he, I think he, it was a disreport disproportionate response to the situation, Yeah, you know, like, okay, your pride's hurt because now she wants to be with this person that you hate. I, and I'm not quite sure why you hated him initially because he's from another town and he wore a necktie to school. Um, and to be fair, like you're, you know, you're egging him on and calling him a pansy. Um, like, you know, you're just, you're just being, I I feel like I say this about all of my least favorite characters. You're just being a dick for the sake of being a dick. Yeah. You know, because, because that's just, apparently that's what you think that you have to do. But yeah, but no, um, I mean, hitting her, beating her up, what, and then going to the dance you know, and, and trying to pick a fight. Why
0: that? Yeah.
1: That whole, that whole thing felt And I even read somewhere and I, and I agreed with it. It felt a little out of place. Like it should have happened sooner. Um, I mean, no, there's like, there are little, there are moments where we see it leading up to a bigger blowout between Ren and Chuck, especially because Ren is now with Chuck's girl um he made him you know he won the the tractor chicken fight but i mean dude like let it go get over it
0: got a life
1: yeah okay all right sonia do you think we can go three for three
0: um i feel like this is one where there's a potential okay
1: i chose for best character arc reverend shaw moore because I can't tell by your face.
0: (laughs) Is that a damn it? Or is that a,
1: we have the same answer.
0: So we have the same answer girl. Oh my goodness.
1: Right. Because Mm -hmm. I really feel, even though Ren is our, is our hero, I felt like Shaw is the one who has the most growth, right? He's, you know, he's the one in the beginning who is the preacher he's a strict parent he's tied to the bible and his strong beliefs um that that he feels that he feels that he has to I don't I I I wrote my notes impose on the entire community but I think he really believes that he is acting in the best interest yeah I would agree with that yeah Mm -hmm. like I don't think he sees anything wrong with what he's enforcing but I really like how when we learn more about him and we learn that this is someone that's grieves being over the loss of a son this is what triggered this decision to ban dancing and and all these other things this is why he's detached from his daughter probably why he's detached from his wife like i said we get a sense that vi is is starved for intimacy and and love and attention from him um but i i like how at the end he you know, and I think it's that, that book burning scene where he starts, he really realizes like, okay, this is a little, it's a little too far, you know? And, 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 and it's reasonably so because when you, when you ban music and dancing,
0: where do you draw the line? Well, exactly. I mean, that's the question of the, of the times.
1: I was going to say, which resonates (sighs) very strongly with with you know current events um other
0: things with other that are now banned (laughs) yeah
1: and I I and I think I think that might also be a a reason why I got really emotional watching this movie yeah um so yeah so that was my best character do you want to add anything
0: I would just add that like I feel like you know we were talking about the teens at the prom and they were dancing and they had sort of this moment of healing and I feel like he also was slowly starting to have that um and as a parent, it's probably like just that much harder to get to that moment because you're supposed to protect your child. And he, I think also like this was his way of protecting all of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that we got the same answer on this one. Yeah. I Yay. do think we may not get a match on the next one. My my next one is
1: is a really weird answer. So is
0: mine also. If we get this, I'll die. uh,
1: Don't die, but I'm going to call you Rusty for the rest of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of hope we get this. I kind of hope we get this.
0: All right, my least convincing is Ariel is a teenager.
1: (laughs) I don't think we got this. We did not get it, but I want to hear more.
0: (laughs) Um she's supposed to be a teenager but she looks like a grown-ass woman she dances like a grown-ass woman she loves like a grown-ass woman like there's like a song (laughs) yeah seriously this is a country song waiting to be written she just is not at all I was like you're in your mid-20s I think you're in your mid-20s your character acts like you're in your mid-20s I didn't buy it
1: well, Kevin Bacon was in his early twenties. It's possible that she was like legit in her twenties,
0: which she probably was. Yeah, But, like I knew, I could, I knew that <laughs> you could I tell. Not, yeah, I did not buy her as a teenager.
1: Yeah, I have to say, as a as a high school teacher, I I have to let go of what high school students really look like and how they how they yeah, act when I watch those about and high And I usually,
0: I usually can like films and TV. I'll I I will like. You know, be like, okay, obviously, you know, they're going to cast the like young twenty-year-old to do that. But like, she was so unbelievable, yeah, as a teenager.
1: I like that answer. Thank you. We did not get the same answer, yeah. but this was my worst. I had I had a hard time. Wait, we're talking worst least convincing performance, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. I had a hard time with this because I thought overall, I thought all the performances were good. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was a standout like that. Person sucked. So I said for worst or least convincing performance, <laughs> the, is this Kevin Bacon stunt doubles looking like Kevin Bacon from the neck up.
0: That is a great answer. And I did consider that. You did. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I, because this time I was really,
1: I usually don't care, but this time for some reason, it was just so obvious to me. And there's even one moment it's the scene where Ren and Willard are in the gymnasium and Ren is doing some crazy gymnastic stuff. And I will say when it was Kevin Bacon, he was doing some stuff, like he did a muscle up, like it was nothing onto yeah, that. So I was disgusting. pretty impressed by
0: that. Yeah. I yeah. was like, and also
1: the uneven bars really. <laughs> yeah. So he, but there's a moment where it's Kevin Bacon stunt double Mm-hmm. But he's also, but there's also dialogue happening, Mm -hmm. but the dialogue wasn't dubbed correctly with the stunt double, you know, mouth moving. So that, that kind of stood out, but there, but there are moments where you really can see the face and and it's, it's not, it's definitely not Kevin Bacon. They tried with lighting and, and, and all that to, you know, to, to, you know, make it seem like it was him. And I have to say, when I was really young, I didn't notice it. Mm. But I noticed it this time. So that was my uh, worst or least convincing performance. That's fair. Yeah. Best performance. Okay. This again, I, I had, I had a runner up and my runner up was Kevin Bacon mainly for that scene that I talked about earlier when, after he saves Ariel from the oncoming train and I, Mm -hmm. and like watching that moment this time, I really recognized how spot on he was. Um, and there, and there were other parts of him where I just thought he was great. Um, but I did, I did pick for best performance, John Lithgow,
0: mm. because
1: he, partly because he's John Lithgow, but also I just thought he carried that role so well. Um, I, especially like going into the film, knowing where his intentions are coming from, I could see, I could see him playing that, you know, so there's no trickery, like all of a sudden you find this out about his son dying and then it's like oh okay so um you know what I mean like you can see from the beginning how he's carrying that weight
0: yeah and
1: and I but I just thought overall he was I thought his performance was beautiful I agree yeah
0: however I did not choose him damn it I know I chose I chose Sarah Jessica Parker I love that (laughs) because I mean she was my favorite character but I also, like, again, because I was thinking about Ariel as my worst convincing performance, <clears throat> the contrast of Sarah Jessica Parker playing a teenager versus uh, Lori, whatever her name was, playing a teenager mm-hmm. is a stark difference. Um, I also, like, also... I feel like when we watch these films where it's a very well-known actor in the eighties, like even with Kevin Bacon, I was very conscious that it was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, I kept forgetting it was Sarah Jessica Parker, which I like that. I feel like in a way is a testament to her performance. There is one scene though, where she screams and she does like the very high pitched Sarah Jessica Parker scream that she Mm -hmm. still does in sex in the city, which I'm like, huh, it's a very um, unique scream. (laughs) My runner up was in the opening scene in the church or one of the opening scenes in the church. There's a young boy who's sleeping (laughs) (laughs) and his dad is waking him up and he is having such a hard time waking up. And I was like, that kid was actually sleeping (laughs) or he's a really good actor.
1: (laughs) I, when I was watching, I was like, was he really asleep? Yeah. I love that moment. I'm <laughs> so glad so... that you brought that up because that moment is so good. It's and so, so accurate.
0: Good. Yeah, I was like, this kid's a genius. And also it I think
1: it's such a great microcosm of what's happening in this town. How like yeah. the how how the church and I hate saying this because I think I think churches are are wonderful. I, I went to church growing up. I love I love my church community. But in the context of this film religion is seeping into state, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because laws are being set based on (gasps) morals. Sorry. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Um, Hashtag too soon. Too soon. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But, but I, you know, so you've got this kid who, you know, you want to be attentive and you want to grow up to, to like make good choices and do good things and, and be kind to others and be charitable He's just sleeping through it. He's like, I just can't.
0: <laughs> it's so good. And like his dad's like, wake up and he's like, I'm trying, but I can't, I can't do it. It's like, it's like my
1: film students when I show um 2001, a space odyssey, which mm. I will never show again for that very reason.
0: I feel like that is all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my dad tried to make me watch that and I was like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, okay. My, you lost me at You actually referenced it before. I understand if they're not allowed to dance, it doesn't mean that they can't dance. And many of them probably are dancing, but why are they all like professional dancers? Maybe, maybe one or two of them, but every single one of them, most people can't dance. Here's another theory.
1: No. There's someone that is outside of the of nope. the city lines and they have a dance school and they've secretly nope. been like offering underground dance lessons.
0: I think if they were gonna so that was my plot summary. Uh-huh. <laughs> my original plot summary. They would have <laughs> referenced that if that was the case. This was no no I don't buy it.
1: Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. My you lost me at we referenced earlier It's when Ariel is standing on the two cars and there's a truck coming at her and she somehow manages to fall into Chuck's, the window of Chuck's truck, narrowly escaping death. How? I don't think that there is any way that
0: could have actually happened. Think about, think about it. Like, no, she's dead. Even if he pulled her, he would pull her like legs into it. She'd hit her head. Yeah. She'd fall forward. She'd be dead. She'd be dead there's no way,
1: especially with two moving vehicles and for him, he, there's no way he could have pulled her in. He would have had to let go of the steering wheel. If he lets go of the steering wheel, the car is probably going to veer off in a direction either towards the other car or away from it. In which case she's not going to have any footing. There's just, there's just no way. There's no way. Um, Yeah. So that was my, you lost me at. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I agree with that. Okay. My, you had me at was the soundtrack. Mm. I, and I wrote my notes. I mean, are you kidding me? Kenny Loggins, Bonnie Tyler hurt so good. Let's hear it for the boys. Like I love these songs and I, I owned the footloose soundtrack. I've seen this movie so many times. So these songs are so near and dear to my heart. They spark joy for me. And every time I watch this film and I hear all of those songs, I'm like, yes, dancing on my couch. I'm getting so excited. I
0: love it. Oh, I was this close to putting the soundtrack. Oh. What I what won me over is willard's dance lesson montage i will say (laughs) i gave a specific shout out to let's hear it for the boy though Mm -hmm. during that um i just i love that whole scene especially because apparently those scenes were added because he really didn't know how to dance yeah so they like made a whole dance montage i feel like the choice of let's hear it for the boy was genius yeah um and my my special especially favorite part of that dance montage was kind of the part at the end after he's like gone through all his lessons and he has his solo and Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon is just like sitting on a tractor like yeah man you got this I know so good
1: and I also I also love that that whole montage makes me love their friendship that much more because how many how many friends do you know like where I mean, imagine if you were. Let's say, Sonia. Well, I guess for Yumi, if 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 you taught me how to dance, I would do a solo for you, so you could see how much I've learned and how much yeah. I've progressed. But like, yeah, how many? I would do.
0: How many guys? How many, guys, how many well, guys. guys would do that? Yes. Yes. No offense to guys, but like you know, you want to maintain your toughness, and I mean, we're not even trying to make a judgment. We're just saying, like, ask yourself that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, favorite line. Mm-hmm. Okay. When Ren finds out that dancing and rock and roll are not allowed in his new town, he says, jump back. <laughs> I am gonna start saying that. <laughs> jump back and call me Rusty. <laughs> I
1: love that that's your favorite line. <laughs> it's so good. I love when he says that. I love jump he, back. <laughs> I was jump like, back. Did, I'm
0: sorry, did he just say jump back?
1: <laughs> and it's one of those things where when I heard it again this time, I was like, is that something we said in the 80s, or is that just something in this movie that they thought would catch on but didn't? Yeah. Or maybe it did. I don't know. Jump. I don't
0: back. know, but if it didn't, it should have. And I'm gonna start.
1: So anytime someone says something that you find shocking, instead of I would normally be like, shut up.
0: Yeah. Can you start it now? Let's start something. We're going to start saying something.
1: jump back.
0: Tell me something you don't think I'd believe.
1: Uh, oh my gosh. I, you're putting me on the spot,
0: Sonya. I can't think of anything. Um, just tell me literally anything.
1: Literally. Okay. Oh, oh, gotcha. Um, all the words in the dictionary are made up. Jump back. <laughs> Good. I think we should keep practicing this so that it becomes just like natural for us. Like we're creating that muscle memory.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. My favorite line. Okay. I have mine is completely different, but I had two runners up. Okay. The first one is when Chuck is with Ariel in his truck and they're, he's picking her up from school and Ren is trying to back out, but he can't cause Chuck is blocking him. And he talks about like, oh, you know, lost the necktie, and Ren's like, yeah, okay. And then and Chuck says, I thought only pansies wore neckties. And then Ren says, you see that? I thought only assholes use the word pansies. I love that. I <laughs> that love that. A good line. The good burn. Um, my second favorite. This is when Ren is addressing uh, the city council and he's making his case for having a dance. And I he and he talks about. Um, he's like. Quoting from the Bible, and he says, Ecclesiastes assures us that there is a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to laugh and a time to weep, a time to mourn, and there is a time to dance. And there was a time for this law, but not anymore. See, this is our time to dance, which made me think of the Goonies. This is our time up here. It is our way of celebrating life. It's the way it was in the beginning, it's the way it's always been, it's the way it should be now. I love that line. Um, But my favorite line, I mentioned it before. It's when Vi and Shaw are standing outside in the like prom and and they start holding each other and they're rocking back and forth. And Vi says, Shaw, we're almost dancing. Mm -hmm. I just love
0: that because they're so cute. I know. And it's like, they're reconnecting. He's coming out of this, like, that's his healing moment. Like he's coming out of this just genuine heartbreak he's had for so long in this like protective shell that he's put up and she's been with him. And what I love about her character too, is she's like, clearly like, you're making dumb decisions, but I recognize that this is out of you trying to protect yourself and trying to save your daughter and trying to save all of the children in this town from something that's probably not going to hurt them. But this is what you need to heal because you lost your son. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. He's denying himself the the ability to heal. He is. Yeah. He start I think he's that progress is starting for him. He's yeah. Going to go to therapy. He's going to talk it through. And we scored three points. Yes. So, so we are at grand total sixty-two points. Oh my goodness! So we're starting
1: our next cycle already. Two points in already two points in and i'm so, i cannot wait to hear what movie you've picked but before we get to that um do you have any final thoughts final comments about footloose before we move on
0: um i will just say like many episodes in the past this discussion has made me really like and appreciate the movie even more and Although I am not sure I would actively seek out watching Footloose (laughs) again. If I did, I think I would really keep our conversation in mind. And I think it would give me a really interesting and different experience to watch it again. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, good.
1: All right, Sonia. So we have scored another 20, more than 20 points, which means you are picking the film. I am. So you tell me when you're ready for the tummy roll.
0: I am ready for the tummy roll.
1: All right. So our next film is going to be Jacob. Give us your tummy roll.
0: Almost famous.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. Oh my gosh. And you've seen this before. Mm -hmm. okay this does not surprise me that you picked this film (laughs) now that now that you've said I'm like yes okay this 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 is on brand for Sonia okay oh boy all right so I have to tell you what it's about okay um this is what I've remember I've seen it before there's this (laughs) kid who wants to be a writer and I think it's like based on Cameron Crowe's actual life experiences So he gets a job. I'm going to say he gets a job with Rolling Stone and he starts following this band. And then there's this really pretty girl played by, oh my God, what's her face? Goldie Hawn's daughter. That's going to drive me crazy that I can't think of it right now on the spot. Um, But anyway, and he kind of, he like definitely falls in love with her, but she's way older than him. And that's never going to actually be a thing but it's like a coming of age movie and he learns lessons and there's good music and kate something kate hudson <laughs> that's that's almost famous
0: i feel like i just experience what you experience on every episode that was like as you were saying your summary that's like what i was thinking <laughs> have to say
1: I it's really hard like summarizing a movie on the spot that I especially because I, I can't remember the last time I saw it. it's been a it's been a few weir- years it's been a while
0: yeah all right <laughs> I mean that that was um that was a respectable summary <laughs> thank I'm you really excited to talk about this film
1: I'm so excited to talk about this film with you this film I feel like is so in your wheelhouse and I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about it. And I'm excited to rewatch it because I remember it being a really good film. I like Cameron Crowe. I like what he does. So, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of our episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at N N S I pod. And if you enjoy our podcast, John Mulaney, tell your friends, They can find us on anchor, Apple podcasts, and Spotify like and subscribe and all the things and join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about almost famous we'll see you then because we've got lots more
0: to watch and john mulaney i've seen nothing so john mulaney please keep listening and john mulaney we'll keep watching bye bye john mulaney bye john mulaney